what's going on everybody i'm inside the paper bag so if you're on podcast platforms and the sound is funky well now you know why like comment subscribe if you're on youtube turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops appreciate you coming back also share this out give us a five star rating on apple podcasts do all the good stuff and of course use the seeky code which will be talking about at some point during the show so we did expect the new york giants to lose in a fashion whatever fashion that was to the miami dolphins and i'm going to take this off because i don't want to suffocate myself but it's the same nonsense all over again and it's just really tough to analyze like I had trouble on the Boys and the Big Apple podcast for at least 10 minutes trying to break down this game seriously. I mean, how do you not go into either laughter or just like not seriousness talking about this? It is the same nonsense. I mean, we saw this in 21. We saw this in 17. It's just, and listen, I'm not calling for heads like I'm calling for Bobby Johnson's head. Your quarterback is now hurt. Your defense has zero idea how to take accountability. I mean, at some point you gotta you gotta tighten the ropes here. At some point you gotta tighten the ropes, and it's just interesting to see what the rest of the season holds. If Joe Shane does not make a move at the deadline, getting more picks, I think he's gonna end up regretting it because, I mean. You don't want to rely on third-round compensatory picks for some of the free agents that are going out of Giants Blue next year. And we'll talk about that maybe at the end if we have time. But it's just how do you analyze an offense that's literally the worst in football? And they're not even the worst points offense, which is surprising. The Patriots are the worst points offense, at least as of right now. I mean... I don't know, man. It's it's a tough pill to swallow, and we have to swallow that pill until January, whatever the fuck, whatever the date is. So, <sighs> Giants have taken a regression, but to heights we haven't even predicted. Like, nobody in their right mind predicted that Daniel Jones would get hurt. Well, actually, after seeing the O-line the first four weeks, you probably would. Um, the Giants coming into the season, first four games not having a turnover. Giants not executing on turnovers. I don't know, man. It, it just seems that this team is lost. It seems that the fight is dying down if there was any. And just guys don't want to be here. They thought they had a free magic carpet ride because of a nine-win season where you played dog shit teams you got into the playoffs you played dog shit vikings defense you got a win fine and then you played the eagles and you got absolutely shellacked but that didn't that didn't do anything except raise our expectations more it's just such a mess man it really is but we got to get to the stats and trust me it gets ugly it's ugly um, Daniel Jones, 14 and 20, 119 yards, six sacks taken. Tyra Taylor, 9 of 12, 86 yards. 
one sack taken to a Tagovailoa. 308 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, a sack. The Giants' rushing game couldn't even ma- manufacture 100 yards. Eric Gray was their lead rusher, 12 carries, 25 yards. If you want to look at yards per carry, the lead rusher was Daniel Jones, four carries, 24 yards, and Matt Breida also got uh, nine carries for 21 yards, which is 2.3 yards per carry. Giants don't have any success in the fucking ground game right now. Miami rushing, I mean, it was a field day for them. It was a field day for them. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a get-right week for a lot of these other teams. It really is, man, because we got Buffalo coming this week. They suffered a loss in London to Jacksonville. Miami was, you know, the first loss to the season was to Buffalo. They came in pissed off, and they didn't even play perfect like an average Giants team. Last year's Giants team beats this team, but for some reason, they're not in it. For some reason, the Giants don't have the energy to match up with teams when they play down to the competition. But you look at the Miami rushing game, 222 yards total, Two touchdowns, one by Mostert. He had 10 carries, 65 yards. And Davon A-Chain, or it's Chen, something like that. Again, people have their different uh, pronunciation formats. 11 carries, 151 yards, and one touchdown. Now, let's make it fair a little bit. And, of course, it's already fair because the Giants' rushing defense sucks. Now, you take away some of the yardage on that big run by A-Chain, so 76 minus 151, what does that equal? That's 75. That's still 7.5 yards per carry. You take away a carry. That's still not good. That's still not good. And the Giants, again, linebackers not holding gaps. Defensive ends getting blocked by tight ends. It's a mess, man. It really is. I mean, we were supposed to bring in Roches and, you know, Jihad Ward's coming back and Boogie Basham was traded for. I mean, where's the impact, man? There's no impact at all. And if you think that's how you're going to beat these big teams with these small role players, Joe Shane doesn't have a fucking clue. Receiving-wise, Darren Waller, eight catches, 86 yards. He was the lead pass catcher. And then also Wondell Robinson had five catches for 18 yards. Um, You go to Miami's receiving game. Tyreek Hill blew us out of the water. Blew us out of the Miami water. He had eight catches for 181 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Waddle had a touchdown, five catches, 35 yards, and four catches, 52 yards for Cedric Wilson Jr. Um, you look at the fumbles on both sides. Eric Gray had one, but it was recovered by Josh Azudu. McKinney forced one on Devon A-Chain. It was recovered by Kayvon Thibodeau, and then Mostert fumbled out of bounds on one of the red zone drives. Giants defense, their top players in terms of tackles and whatnot. Bobby Okereke had two pass deflections. He also had the pick. Um, he had 10 tackles. Isaiah Simmons had nine tackles. In terms of sacks, Kayvon Thibodeau, one sack, a tackle for a loss, and a quarterback hit. And then the other quarterback hit was Leonard Williams. I mean, this is not a perfect offensive line. This is also not a garbage offensive line. But again, you know, we're hearing all this talk about Aziz Ojolari. We're hearing this talk about Kayvon Thibodeau and all these different guys. And Dexter Lawrence, I thought he was a little disappointing this game. But even when he's getting double teamed, I mean, that should really open up holes for Leonard Williams. But it doesn't. But it doesn't. And the defense only had four pressures. Kayvon Thibodeau had two of them. So, uh, uh, very disappointing. Very disappointing. And I'm going to get to the defense. And we're going to rip them this game just like we are the offense. But there's a lot of things in there. So, well, 
the Miami defense had a field day. 14 quarterback hits, 7 sacks, 9 total tackles for Eli Apple and David Long Jr. Long Jr. had a tackle for loss, but Eli Apple actually had half a sack and a quarterback hit. Jerome Baker, one and a half sacks, two quarterback hits. Zach Sealer, who's normally a good run defender, two sacks, three quarterback hits, three tackles for loss. Uh, Bradley Chubb actually didn't get a sack, which is my surprise. Cater Kohu had a tackle for a loss and a quarterback hit. Andrew Van Ginkel, who's been dominant for them the last few weeks, one sack, tackle for loss, quarterback hit. Christian Wilkins had half a sack and two quarterback hits. Emmanuel Ogba had two quarterback hits and one and a half sacks. For the Giants, interception-wise, Jason Pinnock had one for 102 yards. That would be a touchdown. And then Bobby Okereke, one interception for seven yards. Now you take a look at the team stats. First downs, Dolphins 22, Giants 15. Um, passing first downs, 14 for the Dolphins, 10 for the Giants. Eight rushing first downs for the Dolphins, three for the Giants. Giants had two first downs from penalties, zero for the Dolphins. Giants were five for 17 on third, and the Dolphins were three for eight, which tells you something. They didn't get into third down a lot. Fourth down efficiency, Giants were one for two, and the Dolphins were zero for zero because they didn't try it at all on fourth. Total plays, Giants had 68-54 for the Miami Dolphins. 268 total yards for the Giants. And about 200 more for the Miami Dolphins at 524. And then total drives, 11 for the Dolphins, Giants 9. Yards per play, Giants 3.9, 9.7 for the Miami Dolphins. And I will say this, the Giants allowing 524 total yards and 9.7 yards per play, I believe, is a franchise record. So the Giants set history in a bad way. They set records in a bad way. The Giants were 0 for 2 in the red zone. The Dolphins were two for three penalties. Both teams had six penalties for 43 yards. Dolphins had three turnovers, one fumble lost and two interceptions. And the Giants actually led in time of possession at 35-59, 24-01. But you have to take a look at context. You have to take a look at all sorts of different things. Um, because guess what? The second half was a wash. I mean, you the first half was at least all right football. But man, oh, man, oh, man. Let's get to this terrible offensive unit, and by all means, I'm going after a lot of different guys here, um, and I'm not going after one specific guy. Like The one group I will leave out of criticism is the playmakers, because I don't think Paris Campbell had any drops. Darren Waller could have made that play down the right sideline, but he was the best offensive weapon, so I can't you know, discredit him too much. Um, Wondell Robinson was there. Sterling Shepard maybe had a catch or two. Bellinger. So they weren't involved because they couldn't get involved. I mean, that's just that. Um, I'm going to start with the quarterback, and I know some people may not like it, but it is what it is, this situation. He got injured. He got injured. But before that, PFF graded him at an 87. I don't think he played to an 87. There was the most remarkable terrible throw that he had was the one to Wandale Robinson on third down and I've talked about this numerous times on the show when the offense is so limited and you can't commit an error those throws are going to be looked at those decisions are going to be looked at Wandale Robinson is in you know short yardage 
on that third down. But if he throws the ball a little bit past Robinson to where Robinson can catch it and then turn up field, that's a first down. But he missed them. He missed them. He threw it behind him, and not only did he throw it behind them, he threw it like into the ground. And don't give me this separation, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I'm not saying the wide receiver core is perfect, but dude, you got to make those throws, man. Seriously, I mean, I don't want to sit here for the next how many weeks, whether he plays or whatever the case may be or the season's over, and keep saying, well, the quarterback is missing throws again. You know, I don't know how many sacks he took himself rather than, you know, the offensive line giving it up. But also one thing that I have to really critique him on is the fact that some protections are not set up well. And I get it. Look, the offensive line is fucking garbage. Like, we can sit here and say that this is the worst offensive line we've seen for the Giants in history. I believe it is because they're on pace for numerous records. They are setting records badly. It's a mess. But at the same time, the quarterback has to do what he can do in a situation. Throw the ball away. Make proper throws when he has ample time in the pocket. Adjust the protections at the line. That's one of the quarterback's most important uh, things to do. And it's not just him, obviously. It's the center. It's the offensive line. It's the coaching for the preparations. But, again, man, just not a good performance from Daniel Jones. And I feel for him because, obviously, he got hurt. He got hurt because the offensive line was garbage. Now, I'm going to get to a couple other takeaways before we get to the turnovers and we get to the offensive line. So I thought Eric Gray looked solid. There was one play that he had. I think it was like a 20-plus yard run. It was taken back because of a Ben Bredesen holding penalty. I thought he looked solid. The problem with him is, you know, he was dancing in the backfield a little bit. He could have taken maybe two yards and then was just dancing a little bit. So I think that has to get out of here. You know, he can't do that shit in the NFL because it is a faster-paced game. Guys are going to catch up to you. Um and that's pretty much that. I mean, as I said, Waller got involved a little bit. Tyrod entered the game. Not much production. I mean, I got ripped on Twitter. And I will keep saying this because I thought, I think it was Tyrod's first drive when Daniel Jones was out of the game. Where it was 4th and 13 and the Giants went for a field goal. I mean, why not try to put some life into your offense instead of handing it to your defense who gave up over 500 yards? That's the problem I worry about with Dable is like, does he already consider the game over instead of, you know, making the adjustments and being a little bit aggressive? Maybe it does fire a spark in your team. Maybe your team does make a late comeback. Like, as fans, we have a different mentality. As fans, we think, okay, the game is over, this, that, and the other thing. But it is the coaches and the players' duty to prove us wrong in that note. It is their duty to say, no, we're still in the game. We're going to prove people wrong, and we're going to win this game. And again... I had the Giants losing this game, but you still have to come on here and criticize the team, see what the team did well, and move forward. Now, going from there, let's talk about the offensive line. The offensive line remains garbage. Um, Josh Azudu, he was terrible. I think I got some stats up here for you guys. Um, Mark Lewinsky allowed five pressures. The offensive line allowed 28 pressures. I mean, we're just going up, 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 and we're lowering the lowering the bar, bar, bar. I mean, it, that's just the way it's happening, unfortunately. 28 pressures allowed. Evan Neal, six. Mark Lewinsky, five. And he also allowed a sack. And then 
Jalen Mayfield, who came in for the injured Marcus McKeithen, he had five pressures. And um, Matt Parrott allowed four pressures and 19 pass-blocking attempts. I mean, he wasn't in that much. Like, and the thing is, too, it didn't even mean that much. He came in when DJ was hurt. That was pretty much game over there if the Giants even had life at that point. And he was giving up pressures to guys that, you know, you never heard of or some people never heard of or guys that were just underperforming. So that just tells you the state of the Giants' offensive line. And I get it. People will come out here, you know, and say, hey, listen, you know, maybe the Giants get the offensive line better by week seven, week eight. And they have JMS and they have Neil back. Uh, not Neil. They have Thomas back. And you could say that, but the problem is the locker room is already losing its touch. They're already starting to just disintegrate, in my opinion. And you'll be, what, 1-5, in 1-6 maybe if you lose the Commanders? I mean, that just reminds us of the Shermer and Judge years. And that's not really a reminder we want to have. Not that I'm saying Dable is the coach uh, that Shermer and Judge were, but I'm just making a fair point and a fair analysis. But... Josh Azudu was emotional. He cried in the locker room after he blamed himself for the DJ second. It, it was his fault. Like, let's let's call it 100%. We're not a podcast that's going to, you know, step around the truth. Do I feel bad for him? I do feel bad for him a little bit, yes, because he is a kid. He's second year in the league. He's put under an intense amount of pressure. He's not a stupid guy. Um, I think he could be a solid backup in this league. I don't see a starting future for him. And he's not like Neil who made some bullshit-ass comments. But it is his fault. You do have to criticize his play. And, of course, that goes on coaching too. You did see Jalen Thomas for a few snaps at center. The snaps weren't good. And, again, this just goes to the offensive line depth. JMS got hurt. Lemieux got hurt. Um, Andrew Thomas is still hurt, which is a whole different story. But Jalen Mayfield ended up playing the rest of the game at right tackle, excuse me, right guard. And we'll see where Marcus McKeithen is during the week in terms of practice. Not that it matters much of anything because McKeithen and Mayfield both played garbage. So that's for the lingering injuries. 17 sacks taken in two games by the Giants quarterbacks. Now, one was Paris Campbell, but Tyrod Taylor and... Daniel Jones. I mean, no no quarterback at all should have to face this much adversity. Not, this is the worst offensive line I've ever seen, and I'm dead serious. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a unit so terrible in my life. And this is not an NFL offensive line, and I will guarantee you this. Other than maybe Evan Neal, I don't see any of these guys, and I may even put Bredesen in this conversation, I don't see any of these guys starting on an NFL team next year. Bredesen's a free agent. Um, the Giants may or may not bring him back. I mean, you might as well start fresh if you're starting fresh for real. McKeithen, I mean, backup maybe? Mayfield, he's on the practice squad for a reason. Let's see who else we got. Glowinski, I mean, he, you know, he probably goes to a team for a minimum contract. And then Matt Parrott, Josh Azudu. Azudu's a backup, Parrott's a free agent. And also, I will say this. It is frustrating because all these issues combine to an inept offense. And the Giants would score six points per game if they hadn't got that victory in Week 2 over the Arizona Cardinals that netted them 31 points. So there's that. But 
the Giants could not execute on two-thirds of their turnovers. They couldn't turn that into anything. Now, you could say, okay, well, the Thibodeau fumble recovery, that netted them inside their own territory and all these different things, whatever. But usually, momentum does something, right? Usually, a Bobby Okereke pick inside the 25-yard line would do something. Usually, good teams would capitalize on those. Instead, two opportunities, three points. And the Giants are still without a first-half touchdown. I believe the last team to have a sort of streak like that is Adam Gase's Dolphins in 2017. And I think Doel Laggins was the offensive coordinator, I think. Don't count me on that, though. So it just shows you, again, the Giants are making history in so many bad ways. So many bad ways. And offenses, again, have figured them out. You want to do a quick game? Okay, we'll play press. You want to go deep? Okay, we'll we'll put too deep, but also we'll rush the shit out of you because your offensive line sucks dick. I'm being serious. It sucks. It sucks. And again, I don't care who the quarterback is. I may not like a guy like Mac Jones because I think he's a dirty player, but I don't think even him behind this offensive line would be a good idea. This is not an NFL offensive line. And... They have to find ways to operate around it because we see teams across the league, whether it's the Seahawks or the Jets or these other teams, and even with their starters being below average, some of these other teams, they find ways to not be as bad as the Giants. That's that's the difference in this whole thing. And Lawrence Tynes, obviously famous Giants kicker, came out with a tweet saying, you know, I'm not really for firing the offensive line coach. It always ends badly. That's that's not always true, Lawrence, and I get it. I respect his game. I respect that he was in the game. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's hard to blame position coaches for certain things. However, I said this at the beginning of the season. If you don't see improvements from certain players, Bobby Johnson needs to go because he walked out of Buffalo. Buffalo was singing kumbaya and they were doing some dances when he left and obviously their offensive line's not 100 percent, but it's still better than the giants and if you guys saw i'm pretty sure it's out on twitter by now john feliciano came in for aaron banks and he played excellent he played excellent now john feliciano is he this all pro guard no i mean he was clowning the giants after week four i think something like that but Glowinski was a solid pass protector in Indy. Evan Neal was solid at Alabama. That's why the Giants drafted him at seven. And Feliciano, we know what he did. I mean, Nick Gates, I mean, he's not doing too well over in Washington right now. But, I mean, he was a solid center. He was a solid center when the Giants had him. But, no, let's push him to left guard. So that's where you can criticize Mr. Bobby Johnson. That's where you could criticize uh, Brian Dable, too. That's where you could criticize Brian Dable, too. Because this happens under him. If you're going to sit here and let these quarterbacks get roughed up behind this O-line, you have to take accountability. And I get it. He comes out every press conference, says, yeah, it's on me, it's on me. But we're not taking you seriously until you actually do something about it. And again, playing with scraps, making... Chicken salad at a chicken shit ain't the most easiest thing to do. But it has to be better than this. Because 
you're asking for Tyrod Taylor to get hurt. You're asking for Saquon Barkley to get hurt. You're asking for Sarah, for uh, Eric Gray to get hurt. You're asking for all these different guys to get hurt behind that O-line because they're so trash. So, again, the Giants need to fix it some way, somehow. Let's talk about the defense, and I want to point my finger specifically at somebody. Now, PFF graded him out well. Couldn't care less. So-called leader Xavier McKinney. The reporters ask him and say this, this, and this, whatever the question they asked. And I believe it, his answer didn't even relate to the question they asked. You know what he responds, folks? He goes, you know, one thing we're going to do is not blame the defense again. Hmm. Well, number one, pretty sure the offense didn't give up 500 yards. Also pretty sure that the offense didn't turn the ball over. They turned it over once, and that was on downs. So Daniel Jones, Tyra Taylor, they didn't fumble. They didn't get interceptions. Yeah, they're terrible, of course. Nobody's not, nobody is sitting here saying that the defense is worse than the offense. But go ahead with your narrative, bro. Go ahead and be a weak, freaking soft baby. And I don't get this old nonsense of people coming out here. Oh, the defense, you know. Oh, they didn't do that bad. They got three turnovers. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Seriously. Like, yeah, it was returned for a touchdown. Great. Guess what? They gave up 524 fucking yards. Like, I'm tired of it. You could compliment them, and then you could say, okay, they did this badly. But normal teams, and just overall, would take three turnovers and win the game. The Giants would take that and lose the game. Xavier McKinney, not going to blame him for that Trey Hawkins play. That's on Wink. Why is Trey Hawkins on fucking Tyreek Hill? You know, at least you have that play where Hill's up against Cordell Flott, and they had safety help. And Flott made a pretty good play. He made a pretty good play, and I think he should earn more playing time. But you're putting somebody who you benched because he couldn't tackle in the game against Tyree Kill, and he beats him for a 69-yard touchdown. How about this one, X-Man, right? How about this one, genius? How about that big play where Devon A-Chain had a touchdown? How about that one, genius? Huh? Where the defense is taking so many bad angles and then you're jogging at the end. Let me find another explosive play because I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hill also broke out for another explosive play. I'm going to find it right here because I feel like I need to. It, w it ended in a touchdown or something. So let's see. He had an 18-yard pass play, so that's notable, but I don't think that was it. Um, yeah, Tyreek Hill, 64 friggin' yards. But what we're not going to do is blame the defense again. Dude, stop being a weak player. Weak-minded. I mean, things are slowly starting to add up for this guy. Not to be a giant next year. Trade him for a bag of cookies at the deadline. Does he not recognize that the defense is not putting pressure on the opposing offense? Does he recognize that... Let, let's go back to his quote a few weeks ago, guys. I think I said it on this podcast where I criticized him. He goes, oh, yeah, you know, uh, the tackling, it's not the it's not why we're losing. Um, well, let's see. You're second in the NFL in missed tackles next to the Houston Texans, who are an acknowledging rebuilding team. And their defense is playing better than many would expect. You're, you're, the defense for the New York Giants is playing worse than anyone expected. So for you to sit here and then say, oh, yeah, the tackling is, is not a – no, it's – it's not, it's not why we're losing. Good note, bud. Good note. 
And then Micah McFadden comes out with the exact opposite of response and says, yeah, we got to make that an emphasis, right? How about last year when you single-handedly cost the defense a good amount of games because you decided to go on a sightseeing tour? Which sightseeing tour has ATVs? Please tell me in the comment section. You've been on a sightseeing tour with ATVs? Please, please let me know. Because I've never heard that before. I've seen sightseeing tours with double-decker buses or something. I mean, I know it's different because him and Jihad Ward went to Mexico. But, I mean... And then you were asked about it and you got all defensive. And then you ripped Patrick Graham and Joe Judge a few years ago because they wouldn't play you right away off the foot injury that you had. They had Logan Ryan. Which doesn't make any sense. You're ripping the pass regime. Meanwhile, you got five interceptions off of that scheme. And let's see. I don't know, X-Man. How many interceptions do you have under Wink Martindale? And this is as many as I do in my NFL career. Zilch. Zero. And guess what, Xavier? Your team only... Your side of the football, they only started committing turnovers this game, right? The Giants are still minus five in the turnover differential because I think they had eight or was minus eight and then a three, so it's minus five, which is still pretty bad in the NFL. And like the biggest thing I want to really harp on is this. When did anyone sit here and say that the defense is worse than the offense? Please tell me. Is Twitter saying it? Are people coming into your DMs and saying it? Are the talking heads on TV saying it? No. Everybody's talking about how the Daniel Jones contract was garbage. It's in their opinion. Everybody's talking about how the offensive line's given up 17 sacks in two games. Everybody's talking about the misuse of Darren Waller and Jalen Hyatt, which, to reflect on that for two seconds, I mean, that's just a total waste of a pick if you're not going to get him involved. And I damn well know it's not Jalen Hyatt's fault because he can go deep. He can make the catches. But back to the defense. Where are you getting this false narrative that the defense is being blamed more than the offense? And maybe you could get away with that in a game where the defense plays well. But number one, you didn't play well. Number two, even if you don't like the offense and the way it's playing, you don't come out here to the media and say, we're not blaming the defense this game. You don't say that. That is how the locker room turns. There's infighting, infighting with coaches, and that's how jobs are lost. That's how heads roll. McKinney, bye, bye. The Giants will end up draft, end up drafting a safety uh, next year or signing a safety. Like I'm done with that nonsense. I'm, I'm serious. Like he came over. Um, you know, he, he came into this new scheme as was supposed to be this, this great tackling safety. He's not been, he's been an average safety, a little bit above average safety in this scheme. He's not a ball hawk. He's missing tackles left and right. So if he's going to sit here and be a beta leader, he's not a leader at all. Actually, then you know what? Go find another team. The Giants should go out and trade him for any value he has. Better off that than getting some compensatory pick in the seventh round for the next year. That's not going to mean jack shit. 
So you have that. The Giants run defense. Talk about getting Okereke. And it's not like he had the best game other than the pass deflection and also the interception. 222 yards on the ground, 9.7 yards per carry, and then the touchdown for Devon Aching. I mean, we can hear the excuses. We can make the excuses. Oh, yeah, you know, they're a tough offense to mock and practice and all this other stuff. But even just the runs, the simple runs that not even the end arounds that they were doing. I mean, the run to A-Chain. How many guys missed angles? How many guys couldn't get off blocks? I mean, this is the same shit, if not worse, that we're seeing from last year. And this is supposed to be improved talent. Okereke, Simmons didn't have a great game. Um, Raheem Nunez-Roches, Thibodeau was getting blocked up by tight ends. Again, these impact players that were brought in here. It's kind of time a little bit to start getting on this coaching staff and this front office because you sign these guys, they're supposed to be impactful in the running game and the passing game on both sides of the football, and they're not. And look, if the Giants were playing half-decent football, being competitive in games, and they were losing, I'd say, okay, this Giants team is in line for a regression. You need to do something, this, that, and the other thing. But no, this team is constantly getting blown out game after game, game after game, game after game. And it's not going to stop because you have Dallas again. Washington can kick your ass, probably. Um, Eagles are going to kick your ass twice. I don't want to watch them on Christmas. Please, God. If there's the football gods out there, please, please let them flex that game. But they won't. They won't because they want to humiliate us on TV. They want to humiliate us Giants fans. Giants humiliate themselves on a daily basis. Um... And then we got Buffalo this week on Sunday Night Football. Choose somebody else. It's too late, but choose somebody else to be on Sunday Night Football. Giants are not deserving of it. So you have that. Talk about the Trey Hawkins thing. And the last thing I'll remark on is this. The Giants need to go out there next year and save them $1 million by cutting Aziz Ojolari. I'm fucking done with him. Like, people can say, oh, he's really impactful, man, when he gets in the game. Well, first of all, First of all, he wasn't that impactful. He didn't even record a pressure. So that's number one. Number two, when he's on the field, you get some impact. Again, relating to the last point, number two, which is the real number two. Second half of the game, he's, he's out with an ankle injury. And I literally said this. I literally banged a motherfucking table for this shit, man. I literally said it in training camp towards the end. The X factor of this defense will be the pass rush. It will be getting to the passer. It will be Aziz Ojolari staying healthy. And the problem is when he's healthy, he hasn't even done too much to say, okay, you know what, at least when he's on the field, he's doing stuff. Because guess what? He was totally a ghost against Miami. Second half, he gets hurt. You're better off just drafting an edge or signing someone via free agency for the short term. Because, again... We think the offense needs a retooling. No, the defense needs some retooling as well because Leo's going after this year. Aziz should be cut. You cannot rely on him on a consistent basis for a full 17 games. He may not even give you nine healthy games. Half of that may be, oh, yeah, my hamstring hurts. Oh, yeah, my ankle hurts. Bulked up in muscle, great. But guess what? I mean, you got eight, nine sacks in your rookie year and you didn't even, you know, Obviously, his flaw was the running game, but like you got eight sacks in your rookie year. 
You didn't need to grow that much. You're just costing your team at this point. You really are. And then, again, it's just like the Giants needed some backup edge depth. Boogie Basham and Jahad Ward are not rushing the passer. They're not even doing their job in the running game. And then you have Oshin Zimenez and Tamon Fox on the practice squad. Whatever. So we'll go to the snap count. For the offense, Evan Neal and Mark Lewinsky, the only ones that played 100%. Ben Bredesen at 96%. Darren Waller at 92%. 68% for Daniel Jones, Josh Zudu, and Darius Slayton. 67% for Wandale Robinson, 62% for Jalen Mayfield, 58% for Matt Breida, 46% for Jalen Hyatt, 42% for Eric Gray, 39% for Isaiah Hodgins. He's a guy that's been totally phased out, totally phased out of this offense. He's more of a possession receiver. Uh, 38% for McKeithen and Bellinger, 33% for Matt Parrott, 32%. For Tyrod Taylor, 28% for Sterling Shepard, 22% for Paris Campbell, and 4% for Jalen Thomas. Take a look at the defense. Jason Pinnock, 100%, along with Okereke, McKinney, and Simmons. Kayvon Thibodeau at 93%, 87% for Deontay Banks, 80% for Adoree Jackson, 72% for Dane Belton, 65% for Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams joint. 50% for Cordell Flott, 43% for Aziz Ojoy, 41% for Jahad Ward, 33% for Rakim Nunez-Roches. 26% for Trey Hawkins, 24% for DJ Davidson, Carlos Boogie Basham at 17%, Ashawn Robinson at 6%. I'm kind of wondering as to why he played some lower snaps than Davidson and Raheem Nunez Roches, considering I would grade him as a third best defensive lineman. And then uh, Nick McLeod, he had played one snap. And that's 2%. So. Also, as well, I think the Giants should go ahead and flex themselves out of the game um, against the Packers on Monday night because that's going to be a shit show either way you shape it. Outlook, I mean, what can you expect from this team at all? Like, what is going to be a positive if they win games? And I'm not for the tanking mentality. I try to stick to what I believe is morals, rooting for your team to win. If you want to tank, if you want the team to tank, fine. Go ahead, right? But the Giants have to make decisions what's best for the future. I don't believe Daniel Jones is the future quarterback, going to be honest. I don't believe Evan Neal is the future right tackle, going to be honest. You need to draft so many linemen, it's not even funny. But you got to start making changes this year. Two main changes you got to make. Number one, you got to fire the O-line coach. Because here's the thing. Again, Lawrence Tyne said it's, it's a bad idea. No, if you get somebody in here who knows the game more, and it's a hard reach what I'm about to say, but if you get a guy like Mike Munchak in here, who's a Hall of Famer compared to Bobby Johnson, and he's in the Hall of Fame, you could check that. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. A guy who's played the game at a sufficient level and who's coached at a sufficient level. I mean, his resume speaks it. I mean, the Broncos, yeah, that wasn't you know some great stuff. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, you look at the O-lines they put out during the Roethlisberger era. Goddamn, I mean, I was so jealous. I was so jealous. But, again, that comes down to Brian Dable. You can't hire your friends if you're not willing to fire your friends. You can't make changes. I'm telling you why you can't make changes at season's end. You want to know why? Because you're delaying the inevitable. If you keep him another year, that's your own mistake. And you might as well say, I'm out of this job. Like, I don't want Brian Dable fired. But if you're going to be stubborn, 
I know that there's going to be linemen next year that aren't here. Majority of these guys. But you're delaying the possible improvement of Evan Neal, someone who you drafted. Maybe Bobby Johnson's fucking something up with John Michael Schmitz. Maybe you fix that too. Again, I'm not an O-line guru, but if Mike Munchak can come in here or somebody who's higher on the list, higher on the food chain, and at least be consultant. But if you're going to stick with Bobby Johnson and his horrible scheming, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. And the second one is, I better see some trades at the deadline. You better give off guys for draft picks because the Giants are going to need it. Adore Jackson can go to Buffalo. I mean, they just signed Josh Norman, but if you get Adore Jackson, they're still making a run at it. Hey, listen, get a third, fourth round pick. Trade Saquon. I would honestly sit Saquon until the trade deadline. Keep his legs fresh. Have him go to a contender. If you're not re-signing him anyway, it would be a bad idea. Um, X-Man, trade him for like a fifth, sixth, seventh to a team that's contending. Because apparently, you know, I don't know. I'm just done with him. I'm not going to figure him out. Leo Williams, you got to just not re-sign him next year and then Azuzo's early cut. But you got to start making changes this year. Because if you don't, you're really kicking the can down the road and Giant fans will be impatient and the front office will be impatient because they know it's going to be low expectations, low sales and tickets, low PSLs, any other stuff like that. But uh, if you guys have a ray. Like, comment, subscribe to all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when the live stream pops to your drops. If you haven't already, use the SeatGeek code Big Blue in the Bronx to get $20 off your entire order. Parking passes, concert tickets, uh, game tickets, all that good stuff. Uh, we'll be live for the uh, Rangers-Orioles game. We'll be live for Thursday Night Football. A lot of content coming your guys' way, so please stay tuned. Uh, download podcasts. Share us out. Five-star on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time. Peace.